Hello, and welcome to the ATPE podcast, brought to you by the Association of Texas Professional Educators and covering the hottest topics on Texas educators' minds today. Hello, and welcome to the ATPE podcast. My name is Kate Johans, and I serve as ATPE's Director of Marketing and Communications. And hello to everyone. My name is Paul Tapp, and I am the Managing Attorney at ATPE. Yes. And so today we're going to wrap up our four-part, what has turned out to be a four-part series on contracts by kind of talking about what happens at the end of the year with your contract. We've covered the nuts and bolts of contracts. We've talked about what exactly your contract says. We've talked about additional duties and supplemental duties. And so now we're going to talk about what happens when this, at the end of the year, which is roughly when this podcast is being recorded. So Paul, tell us what are our members experiencing with their contracts right about now? Well, right about now is when, just like you said, um, year is not quite to the point of wrapping up. Um, anyone listening to this um, around the time we're recording this probably is seeing light at the end of the tunnel, but we're not quite there yet. But this is when school districts first start or are in the middle of, I should say, um, making their decisions as to next year's contracts. And this is also the time when teachers are starting to think about, you know, what their plans are. Do they want to be back next year? Do they want to look for other jobs? Um, so, so things are starting to look forward at this point. Absolutely. So let's kind of talk through those different scenarios. What happens if, you know, you, you just want to stay status quo, you like your campus, you like your, well, I mean, I guess that might not be, um, I guess that's a good question. You like everything you're, I mean, even if it's been a tough year and we know it's been a very tough year for most, most, most Texas educators, but you're generally happy with your campus, your assignment, you want everything to be the same in August, what what should you do? Also, if you're, if you're happy where you are, there really isn't much that you need to do. Um, there, You will um, hear from the district. Again, district is making their decisions just like you're making your decisions. And if you're happy, um, there hasn't been anything come up, no reason to think that what you will hear, the thing that you will get is you know, whether it's from your principal or whoever it comes from, they will basically give you a copy of contract for next year um, to sign. And, you know, again, if you're happy doing that, or sometimes even if maybe you're not so entirely sure uh, whether you're happy doing that, you can go ahead and sign that contract and be set for the next school year. What if you're not sure? What if you think you might be looking around a little bit this summer, but I mean, do you need to, I mean, do you have any options for kind of hedging your bets? Yeah, you absolutely do. And this is one of the areas where teachers actually are in a better position than school districts are. It's kind of a rare situation, but it is the case here. A teacher can, if they're not, if you're not sure what it is that you want to do, you can and really probably should go ahead and sign the contract anyway, because you are still going to be able to resign effective for the next year if you know you decide that you don't want to do that, as long as you get the resignation in by the statutory deadline. So really, for as far as teachers concerned, there there is not 
much of any reason not to go ahead and sign it. Puts you in a position of being protected. You know you have the contract where you are. And if nothing else does work out for you, um, but if something does work out for you, again, you can resign as long as you do that in time. And what are those kind of deadlines? You mentioned some statutory deadlines. Sure. And the main, the important deadline um, is 45 calendar days before the first instructional day of the next school year. So a couple of things that I emphasize there. Number one is calendar days, not work days. So weekends count, holidays count, or the July counts. Um, and number two, it is the first instructional day of the school year. Every teacher I know goes in, goes back to work before the kiddos come back to school, usually at least a week, if not two weeks ahead of time. So it isn't counted by when you go back to work, it's counted by when the students come back to actually start receiving instruction. So assuming that that is sometime around mid-August, you count back 45 days from that. So it is probably sometime around the end of June. But again, it's gonna depend on the district because every district or, or it's very, you know, a lot of districts have opted out of the statutory first instructional day. And um, so they've set their own. So it can vary from district to district. I can't tell you what the date is going to be. But again, that's the important thing is that 45 day deadline. As long as you submit a resignation prior to that, you are good to go. There is nothing the district can do to you. Again, even though you have signed that contract for next school year. Well, what if it's day 42 and the perfect job offer arises? What, what are your options then? Well, and you still actually have an option. And this is something that's new. Um, the State Board for Educator Certification, which is the agency that has the authority to potentially take action against an educator who, what's, it's called abandoning your contract if you leave when you don't have a legal right, a statutory right to leave. Um, SBEC recently changed their rules um, and it's based on something that came from the last legislative session. And what that rule change was, again, the 45, that 45 day deadline is still there. In order to be able to be free to leave without any fear of any kind of sanction at all, you still need to submit your resignation at least 45 calendar days before the first day of instruction. But based on law that was passed by the last legislation session. Um, if a teacher resigns at least 30 days, again, calendar days, 30 calendar days before the first instructional day, the teacher's certificate cannot be suspended because that's the usual sanction for leaving when teacher doesn't have a statutory right to leave. Either it's a period where a district can't say no or where a teacher has good cause to leave. Um, so there is this, been, there's this flexibility given now. You may still be sanctioned if it is day 42 or day 39 or day, day 33. 
But that sanction is not going to be the usual sanction, which is, again, a year suspension from your certificate. It will likely be a reprimand uh, placed on your certificate. But your certificate will remain valid. You can still teach with it. You can still work with it. But that's the important thing. Now, after that 30-day deadline, we're back to the old rule. And that is if you leave closer than 30 days from the first instructional day and don't have good cause to leave, it's very likely that your license will be suspended for a year. So, Paul, we've talked a lot about the deadlines that educators are under. Are there any um, deadlines that districts have to follow in terms of when they get you a contract or anything like that? Um, There is nothing direct in the law as to when a district has to actually hand you a copy of the contract. But there is a very important indirect deadline uh, for school districts. And that is that they are required by law, by the Texas Education Code, to let you know at least 10 calendar days before the last instructional day of the current school year if they're not planning on giving you a contract. They have to let you know that the board has voted to non-renew um, the term contract or terminate effective the end school year a probationary contract. And again, that notice has to be provided at least 10 calendar days before the last instructional day of the school year. If they don't do that, they are required to either give you a contract for the next school year or go through the much more difficult um, process for the district of actually terminating your employment. Uh, which is, again, it's much more dis- difficult for the district, which is why districts tend to deal with the again, renewal or non-renewal issue much earlier in the spring, usually through beginning at the end of January through February and March. So they don't end up in that situation and having to deal with that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, once a district has given you a contract, do you have a certain number of days before you have to sign or is that just up to the district? It is pretty common. Um, Actually, pretty much every teacher contract I've seen, and I have seen hundreds of them, um, have a provision. Usually the last paragraph in the contract itself will say something to the effect that um, you've received this and you have X number of days to sign and return the contract. And if you don't sign and return the contract within that time period, that will constitute a resignation from the school district. Now, I've never seen um, that actually being litigated. You know, I'm obviously not sure that a school district would be able to enforce you know, that provision is being a resignation. That said, I would never tell a teacher that it's a good idea to test that. You don't want to be the one that is not sure whether you've got a job or not because the district is saying, hey, you missed the deadline for signing and returning it. Like I talked about just a little while ago, there is no downside for you as a teacher signing and returning it. If you change your mind and decide you don't wanna stay at the district after all, you can still resign. So, you know, there there really isn't 
And like I said, there's no downside to just going ahead and signing it and returning it. But there's going to be that provision in there. Now, you know, like I said, it, it's never been, to my knowledge, litigated as to whether that is actually enforceable or not. Clearly, if there was some good reason that an educator didn't sign it and return it by that deadline, um, that would of course be taken into consideration. I actually had one client years and years ago who was in the hospital and didn't sign and return it. You know, there was an issue for a very short period of time with the district basically saying, hey, you didn't return it by the deadline. Once, well, once we established what was going on, even the district said, oh, okay, we understand. You know, never mind. Yes, you have your contract for, for next year. But again, like I said, there's just no reason for an educator not to go ahead and sign it because all that does is it puts the district in the position of having an obligation to you. Doesn't put you in any uh, any situation where you have an obligation to the school district, and as as an ed educator and a, an employee, that's the position you want to be in. Well, it is nice after uh, all of these podcasts to find something where teachers are kind of in the catbird seat, and this this certainly seems like yeah. one of those good news uh, times. So. Right. Well, Paul, have we exhausted the topic of contracts? That is a good question. You know, you talk to a lawyer and, you know, you know, we never, <laughs> there's no such thing as exhausting the, the issue of contracts if you're talking to a lawyer. Um, I, the, the most, you know, we've, I think we've covered the most important topics um, as far as contracts go. Um you know, we've talked about how it's an obligation on both parties. We've talked about how important it is for you to know what it is your contract says, because your contract in a lot of ways governs basically what you're obligated to do uh, for a school district from everything about, you know, explaining assignments, district's ability to reassign, district's ability to assign additional duties, basically how supplemental duties are covered, you know, whether or not you have, you can quit them or the district can say, you're not going to be doing them any longer and, and stop the stipend for that. You know, contracts are extremely, extremely important. There is a, a lot of educator rights are set out in, um, in the law, in Texas Education Code, but a lot of your personal rights when it comes to your job are set out in your contract. And so again, it's very important for that, but we've covered a lot of that already in our, in our previous podcasts. Um, can't think off the top of my head of anything that we probably that's that's really important that we haven't covered. Okay, well, in that case, we do have some plans for some non-contract related podcasts coming up very soon. And we thank you all for joining us for this episode. As always, if you have any questions or feedback, you can send that to com c o m m at atpe.org and we certainly encourage you to subscribe to the podcast as well as leave us a review on your favorite podcast app thank you so much for being here today yes thank you all thanks for listening to the atpe podcast for more information about becoming part of texas's largest community of educators please visit atpe.org The information provided in this podcast is for general purposes only 
Individual legal situations vary greatly and viewers needing individual legal advice should consult directly with an attorney. Eligible ATPE members may contact the ATPE Member Legal Services Department.